share with you today the Jesus effect on our lives, how Jesus influences our lives concerning generosity. And in order to do that, I want to take just, just a moment to, to share a little of our story to kind of get you leaning in, right? To get you buying in. Uh, so, so we have been married for 26 years and it seemed like early on God began, uh, he would begin speaking to us. And, and I say that it just depends on how you interface with God. For me and Angela, I mean, he doesn't speak to me every day in a clear voice, but there are nudges, there are little gentle voices on the inside from time to time. Um, and, and over the course of time, he would speak to us, sometimes uh, individually, and then sometimes he would speak to me and speak to Angela separately, and we'd come together, and, and I would say, God said to do this, and she would say, he told me that too, you know, which is super cool for confirmation, but there were a variety of things over the years. He has, he um, many times, he's encouraged us or spoken to us to give people money just uh, out of um, their need possibly, um, but to give people money in small amounts and large amounts. One time we were at a gas station and I was pumping gas and my wife and kids were in the car and, um, and a guy walked up. Now, you know, this happens. Maybe it's happened to you before. This happens from time to time. And uh, may, maybe you were the guy, right, that walked up that day, but it happens. And God spoke to me and he said, give him $20, you know? And so um, I did. I reached in my pocket and I pulled out twenty dollars. I had twenty dollars. Just so happened to have twenty dollars. Gave him twenty dollars and God bless you. And he, oh, he was so grateful and he went away. And so my kids, when I got back in the car, my kids were both like, "Dad, Dad, did you give him money?" I said, "I did." Why did you give him money? You know, uh, and and immediately, you know, you can kind of see they had a little bias there. You know, like you could have given it to me, but but uh, uh, I, I said, "Well, this is why I gave him money because God told me to." And I felt God speak to me and say, I should give him money. And, we'll, and they started down that road. You know, well, what if he does this with it? What if he does that with it? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I wasn't giving him money because of him. I was giving him money because of what God said, right? So there was times like that. There were other times where we gave people money, just, just helping people out. Then there were bigger times. There were bigger times where... Um, where God told us to give money. One time, uh, he, he, we actually got our income tax in. How many of you love your income tax return? Come on, somebody be honest. You're going to Disneyland, right? You know what I'm saying. You're going to go buy something, pay something off. You know, we got our tax income check in. And, um, and, it, and it, was, it was around $3,500. And we were like, you know, we were making plans, man. You know, some of us going to pay off debt. Some of us going to be vacation. And God spoke to us and he said, I want you to, to buy this family in the church uh, something for their home. And, and it was crazy because I called my buddy who, who was going to take care of it for me. And I said, how much is that going to be? And he said, you know, I think I can do it for $3,500. <laughs> and then there's that, there's that check, not, not, not the one that says no, but the one that says, that's it right there, you know, the connection. And uh, so Angela and I gave that $3,500 away. And then there were times, uh, one time God spoke to us and and said, give, uh, give this person a car. So we, um, we didn't have any money and we didn't have that car. So I gave away a car I didn't own. <laughs> I know some of you are wondering, was that my car that went missing? <laughs> no, we actually went to the bank, took out a two-year note and went and bought a car and gave it to a person and paid on that note for two years without having that car. Now, now, let me just put out a disclaimer. Pastor Jordan's thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> don't do that. That is not a prescription for giving right there. That is actually a little borderline insane. 
And unless you hear from God, don't do that. But if you hear from God, you, know, you want to obey. We obeyed. We, we, we had to weigh it out. You know, do we, do we claim that we're crazy or do we obey God? Yeah, a little of both. And so we did it and paid two years on that car. We gave away another car years later. It was a little different. We actually, we actually were ready to pay it off. Now, don't you know, when you're ready to pay off a car, you feel really good. And so we were ready, to, literally, to pay off that last note of that car. And uh, we were actually, we, uh, most of this happened before we were pastors, but this was actually um, just a few years back. And, and uh, we were sitting in our office with a couple, and we were, we were encouraging them because they were moving to another state. They'd gotten married. Life was looking up for them. And we were blessing them. Really, we were good friends. And in the midst of the conversation, like, I'm sitting there listening to them talk, and God spoke to me and said, oh, to give him your car. <laughs> I don't know how God talks to you. He talks to me kind of like that. And I'm like, you know, no, 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 I'm not listening. <laughs> so after we, we walked out uh, and, and I told Angela, I said, um, Angela, I think God spoke to me and said we should give him our car. And, and she said, yeah, he told me that too. So I went the next day and paid the last note, got my title and gave it to him the next day. And we gave him the keys and shoot, shoot, there he went, drove away. You know, we just stood there. <laughs> now, I don't want you to think that generosity and, and my topic today is, first of all, it's not all about me. I just want you to kind of lean in there a little bit on, on what I'm talking about. But it's not all about money. Generosity is not all about money. It's a lifestyle that looks kind of like this, opposed to a lifestyle that looks like this. Generosity, and it's not just about money, although it is about money, but it's about so much more. One time, God spoke to us and said, that lady that you met two nights ago, I want you to take her in your home, her and her daughter. And we did. And we didn't know what we were doing, but we took her in our home, and we took care of her for a full year in our home. How I many you know that costs a little money, too? But it was so worth it. A couple of years later, after she, we had helped her to move on, and, and uh, a couple of years later, God spoke to us again about another lady and said, I want you to take her in your home and her daughter, who was handicapped, by the way. And we took her out of home for eight months. A third time, just a few years ago, a college student that was a friend of our daughter's, and God said, take her in. Take her in and influence her. And we took her in for almost a whole full, full school year in our home. And we made sacrifice. Generosity is more than just money. It's, it's, it's being willing to live a sacrificial life instead of a life that clings. But to live a sacrificial life, being willing to trust God with your life. In the Bible, there are several scriptures that talk about generosity. As a matter of fact, there are literally tons of scriptures. But I'm only going to pick a, a few here to read today because I, I, I feel like I want, you to, I want you to get biblical perspective. Let me go to the Old Testament. Can we do that? Can we, can we preach out of the Old Testament? Leviticus chapter 25, verse 35. If your brother becomes poor and cannot maintain himself with you, you shall support him. Come on, some of you right now, just say amen to that. <laughs> Did you even hear me? <laughs> if your brother becomes poor, you shall support him. That's, I mean, I'm reading the Bible. As though he were a stranger and a sojourner, and he shall live with you. Come on, somebody. You ready to take your brother in? Take no interest from him or profit, but fear your God that your brother may live beside you. Now some of you are thinking, amen, beside me, not with me. 
Verse 37, you shall not lend him your money at interest nor give him your food for profit. Deuteronomy 15, 7 says, if among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him. There it is. Open your hand to him, living a generous lifestyle, and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. I know, I know what you're thinking. You think, well, that's Old Testament. Jesus did away with that. <laughs> Whew, aren't you glad? I don't know. Matthew 6, 19. Don't store up for your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your heart is, I'm sorry, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, all theologians agree that this is referencing the generous lifestyle. Be willing to give your life away. Invest your life away in this life so that you might have treasure in the next, right? Y'all with me on that? That was Jesus, by the way. In the book of Acts chapter 20, it says in verse 35, in all things I have shown you that by working hard, now this is the apostle Paul being quoted by the writer of the book of Acts. And, and, and apostle Paul, he's talking about his life. He was a tent maker. So he was a minister, a church planter, but also a tent maker. He had his own business. He had his own business. And so he worked hard for his money. Come on, somebody who grew up in the uh, late 70s. He worked hard for his money. Oh, them old folks laughing now. Young folks are like, why? What was so funny? Why? 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 He worked hard for his money, and he said this, by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, Jesus said, it is more blessed to than receive. More blessed to give than receive. Now, now, I'm reading these scriptures, and, I, and some Old, some New Testament, even some Acts about what Jesus said, and I'm reading these scriptures, and I'm going to tell you, I, I feel like I'm a mind reader sometimes because I know what's happening in your head, and most of your heads, you're thinking of, you're thinking of your excuses, right? I mean, you're thinking of, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Mike, but you don't understand, you don't understand, you know, I just, I don't... <laughs> If I only made a little more money, I, I, I would give more. I really would, you know? Matter of fact, I've heard people tell me over and over again, I need you to help me structure the, my budget so I have more money. I need to make more money because if I make more money, I'll give money. I want to give to people, right? Don't you want to give to people? And if I made more money, I would give to people. You know that there has not been one time, and I'm not sure about your experience with God and generosity, but not one time in Angela and I's journey where God said, give of your excess, Every time it was give in your lack, give in your, when you didn't have it, when I didn't have it, the time we gave the car away, I had just gotten a demotion on my paycheck, $200 less a month, which was a whole bunch of money back in the 90s, y'all. Some of you know, right? And I was, we were actually making less money than we were bringing in. Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense, does it? We were making less money than we were paying out. That makes sense. We were making less money per month than we were paying out. And yet God spoke to us in our lack and he said, I want you to give. So for us, it was giving sacrificially. It wasn't out of abundance, but that's our excuse. Oh, you don't understand. You understand. I just don't have enough to give. That's the excuse most people give about tithing, actually. You know, and another thing about Angela, we've been tithing for 26 years. From the moment we got married as a couple, we've been tithing 26 years. I love auto draft because I, it's just gone. I got a receipt yesterday. I got a receipt yesterday saying your, your gift has been given to Northwood Church. Boom, baby. You know, like, it's just like auto draft obedience. And so, 
So, you know, and, but that's, that, that is the excuse that I hear, you know, and, and look, this isn't some preacher talk. This is just Mike talking to you from my experiences. You know, God said we do. That's how it is. It's that easy. But, but so often we make excuses up. I love your message, Pastor Michael, generosity. If you don't understand, just, I don't have time to do that. I don't have enough money to do that. Or, or, the, or the biggie is, you don't know. No, no, I'm not getting, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. I'm not giving to those people. You know what they're going to do with it. And so we live like this. We live like this. And we make excuses for not being generous when the Bible is very clear that we are to be generous. Interestingly, God knew that we would have trouble with his call for us to be generous. He knew that because he knows us. He knows us well. He knows that you and I have a propensity to be selfish. Selfish. We're born selfish. We're very selfish. I've got, I've got twin granddaughters. They're fixing to be six years old in a few weeks. And they're beautiful, cute little girls, sweetest things ever. They have me wrapped around their finger 10 times. I mean, it's just whatever you want. This morning they came in and they said, Poppy, can we have some money? I'm like, how much do you want? <laughs> right, here it is right there, yo. Uh, gave them a dollar each for the offering today. <laughs> Big spender, I know. They were happy. But I've noticed this about them. If I'm going to buy one of them something, I have to buy two, right? I can't, I can't buy one of anything. So if I'm going to buy a sucker, it's got to be two suckers. And uh, if I'm going to buy some ice cream, it's got to be enough for both. It's, it's two things. And I, I've noticed them when I bring home something. I did a test the other day just for fun. And... Um, I bought, I bought some, uh, some stickers for one of the, the granddaughters, for Andrea, and I, and I got Briah some Germex. <laughs> no, 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 you, you don't understand. Briah, Briah is, is all about Germex because she wants, to be a, she wants to be a school teacher when she grows up, and so she plays school all the time. And if you're a teacher here, you know you got some Germex on your desk. So Briah is all the time going around squirting Germex. <laughs> She loves it. She was thrilled. But I watched them when I gave, I gave Briah the Germex first. And she was like, oh, so excited. <laughs> so excited. That's just hilarious, isn't it? And she was so excited. But I watched Andrea's eyes. Andrea cut her eyes like, oh, <laughs> oh, what about me? I mean, hello. You know, <laughs> she wasn't saying that, but you could see in her eyes. And then I pulled out the stickers and oh my goodness, she melted. She was just, oh, just so happy. And, but, but they're selfish. They are. They're two selfish little six-year-old girls. Just like us. <laughs> they're just like us. We're selfish with our stuff. We hold on to our stuff. I got my stuff. You seen my stuff? It's mine. Luke 12. Jesus was telling a story about a farmer making a point here. I really want you to get this. Luke 12, 16. Then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, which we all do sometimes. What can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said to himself, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in my grain and goods. And I'll say to myself, self, come on, somebody say self. You've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Come on, what a life, right? Come on, how many of you can identify? What a life. You know you do. You're just not going to play the game anymore. You're, you're out. But it's true. This is us. Just then, verse 20, just then God showed up and said, you fool. 
tonight you're going to die. Tonight you die and you're barn full of goods. Who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with, with what? With self. You fill your barn with self and not with God. When you fill your barn with self, we are selfish. Not only that, but we are greedy. We're greedy. We are greedy people. Luke 12, 15, Jesus again talking said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Now he wouldn't have to say that if we didn't need to. Watch out for greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Now, just as a, a balance here, there's nothing wrong with having possessions. In America, we are really blessed. We are compared to most parts of the world. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with having possessions, but in that, we have to be careful that we understand we are selfish and we are greedy, and we have to watch out for that because we, we, we will live in that. We'll live with a tight fist on things. And the third thing that God knows about us, not only does he know that we're selfish, not only does he know that we're greedy, but he also knows that deep down inside, we have the propensity to be evil. We're evil. We are. Come on, it's your opportunity to look at that person beside you and say, he just said you're evil. <laughs> We're evil. First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil because it causes us to live the selfish, greedy life. We are evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the truth, the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And God knows that about us. He knows that the standard that he sets in the Bible is unattainable by us. He says, I want you to be generous. And yet he knows that on our own, we'll, we'll mess it up every time. And we'll fall short every time. And that's why God sent Jesus. That's why God sent his son. This morning we split, you know, we shared the communion together with one another and it was symbolic of what Jesus did for us 2000 years ago that changes everything. The Jesus effect changes everything. What Jesus did for us changes us inside and out and it, it influences our ability to be generous to overcome selfishness and to overcome greed and overcome the evil in us. On our own, we can't, but with Jesus, we can. The Bible says in Philippians 2, I love this picture of Jesus and what he did for us. It says this in verse five, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. You see the unselfishness here. By taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, he became a man. Verse eight, and being found in human form, he what? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus was willing to go the extra mile for us, to die on a cross for us, to be, to be brutally beaten for us to be tormented and tortured for us and then turn right around and being resurrected from the dead again for us. Did y'all hear that? For us. Because he knew in and of ourselves we would never be able to live the God life. However, in Christ, when we understand and receive the gospel truth of what Jesus did for us and we, and we, we find ourselves in Christ, now the greedy, selfish, evil life begins to look like him and that we're generous instead of like 
us, we begin to look like Jesus. How many of you would like to look like Jesus? Well, well, what does that look like? What does that look like? The way you become generous in your heart is by feasting on the lavish generosity of Christ towards you in the gospel. If you really want to look like Jesus, you have to understand how much he did for you, what the gospel means to you. The gospel was the, the pinnacle, the epitome of, of generosity. It was God willing to empty himself and give everything so that we could live. And when you see that, when you begin to feast on that, you begin to, you begin to embrace that. You begin to embrace the goodness of the gospel. You begin to embrace what it really truly means to you. And all of a sudden it overwhelms you and, and, and you realize, I, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. If the gospel is just, you know, something in your back pocket, oh yeah, I'm saved. Then you're probably going to live like this. If it's just an attachment, if it's just an addendum, if it's just a Sunday thing, then you're probably going to live like this Monday through Saturday. But as you lean into the gospel and you allow it to influence you and you begin to see what God did for you, you know, this morning in worship, Pastor Jordan I'm sitting there worshiping, took communion with my wife and, and celebrated the, the, the broken body of Jesus and the blood that washed me. And, and I'm singing that song going, I don't deserve it. Yet you did it anyway. It brings new meaning to I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. I belong to Jesus Christ. I'm no longer my own. And in that, as I find myself, that's really what it looks like to be in Christ. It's who I'm all yours. Have your way. And you know what his way is? Let's be generous. Let's open that hand up. But I'm scared, Lord. I know. Trust me. A guy came to a pastor one time and he says, I just can't tithe. You don't understand. I can't tithe. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm barely making ends meet as it is. I can't tithe. And, and the pastor said, oh, I'll tell you what. Okay, okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, by the way, it's a hypothetical story. It probably will never happen in your life. But the pastor said, okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I want you to, to act on your obedience. I want you to tithe. And at the end of the month, if you can't pay your bills, I'll pay them for you. And the guy said, well, hey, I can do that. I can do that. How many of you say, I can do that? You know, I can do that. And the pastor said, so what you're telling me is you're willing to trust me, a feeble man, but you're not willing to trust the God of the universe. God, I want to, but I don't, I'm scared. I know you're scared. You know, we say we have faith, but is faith really faith unless it's tested? Many times the test comes when God says do and we say, I'm scared. It's an opportunity to step out in faith and trust God. We don't grow in Christ by, we don't grow away from the gospel. We grow deeper in the gospel. There's layers and layers to that. So what does that look like? In the last few minutes here, I want to share with you, what does it look like? I love the story of Zacchaeus in the Bible. I mean, I love all the stories, but you know, come on. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. How could you not love him? <laughs> so I know probably most of you know that maybe you don't, but there's a story of this guy in the Bible. His name was Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. That's, that's not the scripture, but I mean, that's a song. But... <laughs> 
he was a small guy in stature. And, and so he was a, he was a tax, collector. He, tax collector. He was a tax man, right? He worked for the IRS. And, and I mean, nobody loves you if you work for the IRS. I'm sorry. If you're here today and you work for the IRS, I'm sorry. They, you know what I'm saying? You know why, too, you know. But here he was. <laughs> I, we love you. We love you as a church, right? Come on, give it up for the IRS. Come on. Just reaching out and bringing that back, you know. So, 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 so he wasn't just a tax collector, you know, because the IRS tax collectors, you guys are honest, but he wasn't. And so he was taking more, you know, and it wasn't uncommon. Nobody liked him. Um, so here he was, he, he heard Jesus was coming to town. Um, and so he ran ahead of the, of the mob who was following Jesus and he climbed up in a sycamore tree, he got up in the sycamore tree. And uh, for a savior, for to see, he wanted to see Jesus. And so he got up in the tree, he was looking and Jesus walked by and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm coming to your house for tea or you know, to eat. And um, so he did, he came down and, and the Bible tells us that Jesus went to his house and they ate together. Now I want you to see, I want you to see the, the, the Jesus effect in Zacchaeus's life. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, an evil man, and everybody knew it. Jesus came to his house to eat. And in Luke 19, eight, it says, and see, Zacchaeus stood, this is after he ate with Jesus, after he experienced Christ. He stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Something happened to this evil, greedy man when he experienced Jesus. He got saved, y'all. He got a revelation of the Christ, the son of the living God. And it changed everything in his life. I mean, he was giving his, he was like, I'm going to give half of everything to the poor. How many of you are feeling that today? Come on. I didn't make that big of an impact on you, did I? <laughs> no. But Christ will, and he did. Here was Zacchaeus. He, he, he changed. And, and then in verse nine, Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. You got saved, Zacchaeus. That's what happened. You are now found in Christ. Salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham, a son of promise. We learned in the book of Romans, you're not a son of Abraham, a son of promise by bloodline alone. It's, it's the fact that you're found in faith. You're found in Christ. You have faith in Christ. Zacchaeus put his faith in God that day and it changed everything. Today, salvation has come to this house since you're also the son of Abraham for the son of man. Jesus, Jesus sums it all up, this whole story, this whole meaning, this whole shift in understanding. He sums it all up for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus said, that's what I'm here to do, Zacchaeus. That's what I'm here to do is change everything. To change your heart from selfish and greedy and evil to Christ-like. To change you from self-centered to Christ-centered. To change you from self-serving, living for self, trying so hard to be good, to being found in Christ. And it's that place, that position, being found in Christ, that causes us to overflow with Christ-like generosity. There are people all around us 
that will believe the Christ you say you serve when they see you become like him. Uh, before we pray, I, I, I just want, I want to take a moment. I just want to take a moment. I got 58 seconds to pray. I want to take a moment. I want, what does that do to you? What does that do to you? Do you, do you feel this, this God thing maybe with a finger on you? Do you feel what I feel? Do you feel the, the, the urgency to, to say, I surrender all? Do you feel God moving your life? You know, and I recognize that there are some of you that are very generous. I do. Yet so many, it has become bondage in your life. And it controls you and you, and you can't truly walk with Christ because you're holding on too tightly. Let me just say today is a good day to say, I trust you, God. Come on, get along with God right where you're at, right there in the seat. Father, I'm praying for us today, for me, for us. God, for those watching online, for, for, for those that are here today and they say, God, I, today's a good day to say, I trust you. God, would you help us in our faith? Would you help us in our faith? And as we lean into this idea of being in Christ and because of that, being Christ-like in our generosity. As we lean into that, God, would you help us to wrestle down those fears? As we put our trust in you, would you, would you put your arm around us? Would you remind us that you got this, that you are trustworthy? You know, today we pray to the God who said, it brings me good pleasure to give you my kingdom. God, you trusted us even though you knew us. Oh, today that we might trust you because we know you. right now. Nobody's looking around. If there's anybody here today and, and you don't know Jesus, you've never said yes to Christ. We talk about him today as being your all in all. And you've never said yes to Jesus. I want to lead you in a simple prayer right there in the seat where you're at. A prayer of repentance, a prayer of confession. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and you confess it with your mouth, that you would be saved. So say something like this. Say, God in heaven, please forgive me for my sins. I turn from them today and I ask you to save me. I invite you to live inside of me and teach me to know you, teach me to love you. Just tell him this in plain, simple words. God, I give you all of me. And Jesus, I receive all of you. Amen. Amen. Real quick, just look at me all over the room all over the room. Some of you prayed that prayer today. Maybe online you prayed that prayer today and you prayed a confession of faith. You, you gave your sins to God and you received salvation. First of all, I want you to see this. The, the Bible tells us that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Are you glad that God is faithful and just? And that means your sins are forgiven, which is crazy because people aren't that easy. People don't just do that. God says your sins are forgiven. And now he's saying, come on, grab my hand. Let's go. I'm going to show you how to live this in life, in Christ's life. I'm going to show you how to walk this out. And I want to encourage you to, to tell somebody today that you made a decision. It might be the person that you came with or that invited you. It might be the person that's back home. If you're online watching and you prayed that prayer, tell somebody today. Let us know. Let the church know. 
Take a moment to fill out the card in your seat pocket there and turn it in. Tell us, let us know so that we can be championing what God is doing in your life and praying with you. Come on, folks, give it up for those who made decisions today. Northwood Church is one church with multiple locations. Uh, We have locations in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, and we'd love to see you there. If you enjoyed this message and want to get more info on who we are, just head over to northwood.tv. And once you're there, uh, you can check out all of our past sermons, all the things that we're doing in South Mississippi, and uh, even give to support those efforts of reaching more people. Be sure to connect with us on social media and to stay up to date with everything happening around Northwood Church. Thanks for watching and hope to see you soon.